Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, BPJ, Shear number 79. That's by Spini, we joined Shear, Shear number 79. So we spoke last year regarding the mitzvah of Aina and understanding that the Torah's Nida Halachais is meant, according to a mayor, to increase the sexual desire between husband and wife when they are together, subsequently. But we also said, though, that the Torah wants to increase that sexual pleasure only when it's not an end in and of itself, which is totally selfish, and that's destructive, but rather as a means to an end, which is to strengthen the marriage bond. The Torah Arachayim in Reish Mem says that when a husband is intimate with his wife, his intent should not be focused on his own pleasure, but rather as one honoring the obligation to another. That is a key. There's a big difference between engaging in intimacy, the quality and quantity of it, when you're doing it for one's own pleasure, than when you're doing it as honoring an obligation to another. For one's pleasure, you're focusing on yourself. For honoring an obligation to another, your concern is for the other. If it's for your own pleasure, exclusively, especially, then the intimacy is an exercise of greedy self-interest and self-gratification. If it's to honor the obligation to another, then it's a glorious opportunity for selfless concern and chesed. In the first case, for your own pleasure, you're a taker. And when your concern is honoring an obligation to another, your husband or wife, then you're a giver. Does that mean that as a giver, you should not enjoy it? Of course you should enjoy it. It's meant to be enjoyed. Even the one who's giving, even the one who's honoring the obligation of the other, husband to wife, wife to husband, the one who is giving could and should enjoy it. But the intent is that you shouldn't concentrate primarily on one's own wants and desires. The primary focus needs to be on one's wife's satisfaction and a wife for her own satisfaction but to receive in a healthy way and to give to her husband as well as we're going to talk about in later shiurim so the quality of intimacy is totally different whether it's focused on one's own pleasure versus honoring the obligation to the other And basically, the Menar Samar adds a knech to it, Rabbi Yitzchak when he talks about the Torah. Then when the Torah says that his intent should not be on his own pleasure, he adds a knech. He writes he should not have intimacy in order only to satisfy his own desires, but rather he should satisfy also his wife's desires, which means that it's okay if there's a Shaloy there that he wants to enjoy himself too, or a wife that she wants to enjoy herself too, that's fine, but that can't be the primary reason. The Vilnagoyan, if you look at Ebenezer Chafhei, also on the phrase that his intent should be on not on his own pleasure, also says that that means that the husband should not be intimate with his wife solely for his own pleasure, without regard for his wife. That's the problem. 
So according to these Mepharshim, there's no crime, there's nothing wrong with wanting to enjoy the sexual experience. There's nothing wrong with wanting to enjoy it. As long as your primary motivation is the second one we said, which is the concern for the other, it's to honor the obligation towards the other, husband to wife, wife to husband. So then we come to the Teisha Midais. Teisha Midais means the nine moods by which in those areas intimacy should not take place. Sexual intimacy should not be there when these nine Midais are present. Now, it's very important to understand how Bechira works. It does say that if a husband and wife engages in sexual intimacy in these nine Midais mode, then their children will become rebels, they'll become sinners, and so on and so forth. But it's very important when you, again, that's why you need a Rebbe when you're learning Gemara and Chazals. This does not take away free will. If someone was told was really born a Mamzer, the Mamzer could go straight to Gan Eden if he conducts his life in a healthy way. Mamzer Talmud Chacham is greater than a Kayin Amaretz. There's restrictions on him, obviously, unfortunately, but he could become a great person. Same thing with any child. Cannot excuse themselves, even if their mother said, you know, your father raped me, and then you were born. That doesn't take away the, the child's Bechira. He still has Bechira. He's not a prisoner. He, it's not an inevitable destiny. No, that's not what it means. But what it means is the child could overcome any type of a, you know, disadvantage. But still, the parents need to be careful. That's what it is. It'll create more nesionis for the children if these nine midas took place in their union. So, what the first one is B'nai Anusa. B'nai Anusa means... The Ravid says, of course, Cholila, raping a woman and producing a child, also to your own wife, is a terrible, terrible crime. Terrible crime. And Rabbi Shaya Margolius teaches that even if she is unwilling to have intimacy, it means that she's temporarily angry with him or not inclined, and he's pushing her, not actually forcing her. But he's afraid. She's afraid of him. Even that is considered bnei anusa. The Magen of Rome says even if he, she's not actually forced, as long as she's not really beratzing, she feels that heavy pressure. Usher, you can't compel your wife to be intimate with you, even if he intends the mitzvah pruvu. Makes no difference. That's bnei anusa. B'nei Sanua means that if he hates her in her heart, even if he has no intention of divorcing her, the Masha says it makes no difference whether the hatred is husband towards wife or wife towards husband. makes no difference. B'nei Nidoi means that if one of them or both of them are in Cherim through Bezdin, they cannot have relations with one another. The Rush adds in this category the B'nei Ovel, that is an Isser of a, for an Ovel to have relationship. A physical relationship. B'nai Tamura means he was with another woman. He thought he was with another woman, but actually it was his own wife. That's not a common occurrence, so that's not 
that he meant to c- commit adultery, but it was his own wife. The name Mariva means that they are engaged in intercourse while they're actually fighting. So the Ran adds, even if he doesn't really hate her, generally speaking, but the union is blemished if they're fighting at the time of intimacy. If at the time of intimacy they're, they're still like bickering, they have a sexual desire, so they want to scratch their own itches, whatever you call it, but they're not getting along and they're fighting as they're doing it, that's B'nai Mariva. Can't do that. B'nai Mariva is again, she's overall a Mairedes, a rebellious woman, doesn't really care for her husband, generally is unwilling to fulfill her obligations to him, but she has that quote-unquote itch, she wants it now, can't have relations with her as a Mairedes. Shikris means when they're both drunk. When they're both drunk, included in this if they're actually sleeping, not just drowsy, but actually sleeping. B'nai Grusha slave means a children of a woman whose husband had resolved to divorce her, meaning he resolved in his mind to div- that he's going to divorce, divorce her, even if he doesn't hate her, for whatever reason he feels he needs to. And she doesn't know about it. Also us, sir. B'nai Vuvia simply means you're thinking about another woman by while being intimate with one's own wife. This applied even in those days when you had two wives legally, or three wives legally. When you're intimate with one, you're not allowed to think of the other. And it applies the other way around, a woman who thinks about another man. Either way. It is, uh, the, the, the Bamid Barabbas says that there's no greater Gile there's no greater adultery than that when her mind or heart is set on another man. B'nei Chatzufa means that she verbally, brazenly demands relations. Opposite of Tzaneus. The Ravid explains that if she speaks in a brazen, insolent manner, we said many, many times that ideally, yes, Ramar Yo brings down that a woman should be discreet, but still should make suggestive statements or indicate that she desires relationship by dressing in a manner that will attract her husband. And it's okay, she speaks in a proper way, but gratifies him with words, adorns herself before him, so he should notice her in a sexual way. That's a healthy thing. And you'll be zeichet to exceptional children, just like Leah did when she produced Yisachar. But we also talked about if they're not getting it with each other, and there needs to be a more open, blatant communication, and the purpose is to healthily communicate the desires with one another, that's also not hate and they need to communicate that way, until they learn their, each other's language, and then they can revert back to their code languages. The Bnei Chatzuf is specifically when you're using these coarse, brazen words, when you really, really don't need to. And it's just for doing it in and of itself. That is the Bnei Chatzufa. So what he says is a Pella. When you look at all these nine types of unions that the Torah really, really is rails against, what's wrong with it? The, 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 what's wrong with it, really? It's one theme in all of them. The Menar Samar says that the essential sanctity of intimacy depends on the intent of the, of the husband and wife during intimacy. And in each of these nine instances, what are you doing? The physical pleasure is separate from the emotional component. It's separate from the psychic, psychological component. The physical pleasure is separate from the spiritual component. So it does not produce the vedavak be'ishtai, the devekus is missing. This pleasure with these nine is incapable of producing the devek. 
It won't or can't. And the Torah does not want that. And that's why the Torah does not allow that. It's V'yisem Kedoshim. And that means avoiding these nine Midas. Because the essential requirement for intimacy is to increase the love and unity between husband and wife. This separates the two. Because it's, it, you, you are isolating the physical purely in and of itself. Disconnecting it from the emotional and the f- spiritual. And that is what's dangerous. That is what's harmful. Like we said before, in a certain way you're using it as an end, not as a means. That is the issue. So that's the idea. The purpose of a sexual connection is to create an emotional union between a husband and a wife through their sexual connection. And the essence of each of these nine midas is a circumstance where the creation of an emotional intimacy is prevented or avoided, where a true bonding is prevented or avoided. Kedusha the Vilna says is by avoiding the nine midas, because the Kedusha is attained only when the physical sexual pleasure is derived with every encounter is converted into Devek, into Vedavak Ve'ishtai, and her cleaving to him, him cleaving to her. That strengthens, solidifies, and cements the marital bond, and these nine Midas do the exact opposite. That's what it means in the Zayar to make yourself holy during marital intimacy. Holiness does not mean minimizing sexual pleasure. No, that's not what it means. Adarabba, Kedusha in the sexual sanctity is heightened physical pleasure, but you're doing it because of a giving toward the other. The honoring of the other is your primary purpose. And the way you do that is, is to maximize your own pleasure, but more than that, to maximize the pleasure of your spouse during intimacy. To focus on that your spouse experiences a tremendous amount of physical sexual pleasure. It's like Rasul Salanta said. The other person's gashmias is my ruchnias. Your wife's sexual pleasure is my husband's spiritual concern. It's my mitzvah. It's my ruchnias. Like eating matzah, like putting on tefillin. Her physical pleasure in sexuality that only the husband can provide, is his ruchnius. And that is what it is. So the idea again being that a complete intercourse in the heavy way, in the real way, versus things that are not, is when physical intimacy leads to the strengthening of the emotional bond between a husband and wife. That is when intimacy is whole and complete. And that is the concept that we are placing over here. Now, we once spoke about the Ramban on Sheirik Susa that most people hold that Sheira means food and things like that. Ksusa means clothing. And Ainasa means the actual physical relationship. The Ramban says they're all discussing intimacy, but some is emotional intimacy. So, for example, the Ramban says that the physical intimacy, which the Chazal call Kira Basar, that's Sha'ira, 
the covering of her bed, that's Ksusa. Ainasa is her time of love that he may not hold, withhold from her. So all three are referring to different aspects of the physical intimacy. Is to ensure her that he does not, he's not with her by chance or on the ground or in a way like one has intercourse with a prostitute. But rather, Lubasar Echad, which means that, according to the Ramban, all three are discussing marital intimacy that includes an emotional component that strengthens the marital relationship. And the Tyra disapproves of intimacy that devoids and removes one from this component. The Ramban says if you lack all of these components, it's like a chance encounter, sort of like prostitution. Because then it's a sexual act for its own sake, not in order to connect. If it's only to satisfy your desire, then that's not what it's meant to be. Only the two together. When you have the passionate sexual desire plus emotional intimacy together at the same time, and that's what the Ramban is emphasizing, that is the terrorist conception of a holy marital intimacy. So going back to the Bnei Anusa very quickly. Bnei Anusa, children are forced, obviously, when there is a forced aspect. There's no love and respect. So it's separate from, it's totally separate from the emotional and the spiritual. Bnei Sanua, if it's hatred, same thing. Bnei Nido, if they're isolated, same thing. Bnei Tamura, you're thinking about somebody else, B'nai Riva, you're fighting, all these things separate. Think about it. Go to Meredes, go to Shikris when you're drunk. You can't have that kavana of actually connecting. So, it's so, so clear that this breaks the ban and separates the physical from the spiritual. And that is what the Taira strongly discourages. Same thing with sleep. If you're sleeping, it, it's, it's, it's not connected to anything emotionally connected. And, and divorce, and erbuvia, and chatzufa. You look through all of them, you'll see very clearly that all nine have this one theme going through all of them. You're separating the physical, sexual, and isolating in, in and of itself, not connecting it to the beauty of the real intimacy, how it's meant to be. And by doing the opposite of that, by always connecting it to true emotions and true love, that is when true physical intimacy and, and, and oina is meant to be as the Torah wants it. Brachan atzlacha.